Welcome to Adventology, the podcast dedicated to helping you be ready for Jesus. Here now is the host of Adventology, Travis Walker. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Adventology. As you know, everything we do on this podcast is designed to help you be ready for Jesus. And on this episode, we are going to be continuing our study through the book of Genesis And we're going to be looking at the story of Noah today. We're going to be looking specifically at the typology of Noah's Ark and the signs of the times. But before we get into that, I just want to remind you that you can reach out to me at Travis at Adventology.com. If you want to send me an email, you can also follow me on Instagram at Pastor T. Walk. And I would love to hear your feedback, your questions, and specifically, if you have been blessed by this podcast, may I ask that you rate and review us, specifically on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You could leave a one or two sentence review that really helps others find this podcast, and it's a great way to show your support. So I appreciate every single one of you who have been tuning in each week and reviewing us And I look forward to continuing to provide you with content that helps you be ready for Jesus. So let's get right into our topic for today. You remember last week we were studying the life of Enoch. And we left off with Enoch having a son and his name was Methuselah. Now Methuselah is probably famous for trivia reasons because Methuselah happens to be the longest living human being, right? He lived 969 years. But what many people do not realize is that Methuselah's name itself was a prophecy. And essentially, his name means when he dies, the end will come. And I find that really fascinating because when you think about it, the reason God allowed him to live the longest perhaps was because God was giving as much mercy as possible to those people living in Noah's time. So when we get into Genesis chapter 6, we get into this section that talks about the sons of God and the daughters of men coming together and having children. And many people I've heard over the years interpret these verses in terms of somehow angels and humans procreating with one another. But friend, this is not what this is talking about. In fact, what we see here is that the nation of Cain and the nation of Seth at some point comes together and we see a mixing of the true followers of God and those who had turned away from God And thus, we see the total and complete corruption of the earth taking place by the time Noah comes onto the scene. So, let's pick up and read from Genesis chapter 6, starting in verse 5. It says here, Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent and thought of his heart was only evil continually. 
And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created on the face of the earth, both man and beast, creepy thing and birds of the air, for I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. So as you can see, God's decision to destroy humanity wasn't an arbitrary one, right? I mean, imagine a world where everyone's heart and mind is only on self, is only on the flesh, it's only on pleasing the senses. And you can imagine that very quickly things began to get out of control. And God saw that if he allowed the world to continue in the direction it was going, there was no way that God could save it, right? That this one world government was going to destroy all the righteous living in the earth. And so God had to put a check on the evil that had so quickly sprung up. And his check was judgment, right? And the judgment was that in 120 years, he was going to destroy the world with a flood. And to prepare for that judgment, he called a man by the name of Noah. Noah, of course, was Methuselah's grandson. And Noah and his sons were given the job of building the ark. And not only were they to build the ark, which is a great feet in and of itself. I mean, if you've ever been to the Ark Encounter in Kentucky, which I highly recommend just to get a scope and a feel for the size of the Ark, you can imagine it making that type of a boat out of wood and almost like a three-story building and a structure that was designed to house animals and humans to survive a violent storm. I mean, this was a huge architectural wonder that Noah set out to build. But unfortunately, most people thought he was crazy, right? So while the ark was being built, Noah would preach and tell the people that there was a flood coming and that they needed to repent and get into the ark while they had a chance. And yet, despite that effort of Noah, we see that things just kept getting worse and worse. And Jesus even used this example in looking forward to the time before his second coming to give us an idea of what we can expect. And he said in Matthew chapter 24, starting in verse 37, But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until that day that Noah entered the ark, and did not know until the flood came and took them all away, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. So there's a lot we can take away from that little section of scripture that Jesus shared. Number one, we see that the idea that there is going to be more than two classes of people right before Jesus comes is false. There's not going to be a secret rapture for some and then a literal coming of Jesus for others. No, there's only two groups of people alive when Jesus comes. 
and they're the ones who are going to be ready they are the ones who will enter into the ark just as noah and his family entered into the ark and those who are taken away or left behind those are the ones who are going to be taken by the flood just like those in noah's day were right but instead of a flood we see that they will be taken by the judgments of god in the last days and so jesus is trying to get our attention he's saying that the moral condition that existed before the flood is going to come back and be prevalent in the last days and when we look at genesis we see that one of the major problems that was happening in that time obviously that hearts and minds were evil continually but it specifically mentions violence as one of the key factors in causing judgments to fall on the earth and if you just look at the news today if you just look at the world we live in today we see that violence is never been greater and it's not just physical violence it's verbal violence it's sexual violence it's just one tragedy after another i mean don't you get tired of the headlines my friend don't you get tired of seeing one injustice after another one murder after another one corrupt politician after another one affair after another i mean the list goes on and on and we've almost become numb to it and that should scare us right because if we become numb to the wickedness of the world then what does that say about our own heart yet despite their wickedness god made them a way of escape and that way of escape of course was the ark you know it's often been said well what happened if everybody repented well we have examples in the bible of how god changed his mind think of the city of nineveh a city of 120,000 people who had been given the same sentence that the antediluvians were but at the preaching of jonah they repented and god relented from the disaster that he had planned for them and so i believe that no matter what there was enough mercy for everyone who wanted to be saved there was certainly plenty room for more than 8 people to get on the ark and yet we see after preaching 120 years the people's hearts instead of becoming softer grew harder and eventually even the death of methuselah even the finishing of the ark itself and even the miraculous descent of all the animals on the earth coming two by twos and seven by sevens into the ark was not enough to change people's minds that's how hard their hearts had become to the truth and eventually the last warning message was given by noah eventually every single one of his family members got into the ark for the last time and then the door was shut and when that door shut there was no one that could open it except god and so the wicked on the outside were lost and the righteous on the inside were saved even though it hadn't started raining yet 
And this is exactly what the Bible says in the book of Revelation is going to happen right before the second coming of Jesus. Revelation 22 verse 11 says, He who is unjust, let him be unjust still. He who is filthy, let him be filthy still. He who is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he who is holy, let him be holy still. And so we can see that on the earth, just as in the days of Noah, right before the second coming of Jesus, history is going to repeat itself. There is going to be a message of warning that is sent to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people in the world. And in that message, it says that the hour of his judgment has come. Therefore, worship him who made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and the springs of water. And so everyone is going to have a chance to get into Jesus, right? Because there isn't going to be a physical ark in the last days, but there is Jesus. And we know that anyone who is in Christ, there is no condemnation. When we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to purify us from all unrighteousness. And so when we get into Jesus, we have nothing to fear. In Christ, we have victory. We have defeated the enemy and we have everlasting life. This is the message of the New Testament. But the book of Revelation tells us that there is going to be a point when that pleading of mercy is going to come to an end. There is going to be a close of probation just as in the days of Noah. And just like that ark door shut and nobody could open it, there is going to come a time when the pleading mercy of heaven is going to cease. And those who are in Christ are going to be sealed. And those who are out are going to receive the mark of the beast. This is what the Bible warns us about. But we know that before we get to that point, people are not going to like the message as it's being shared. And we know that in Noah's day, the people did not just listen and not respond. No. They mocked, they ridiculed Noah, they called him a fanatic, they called him delusional, they called him crazy, they said, oh, it's never rained before, how on earth is there going to be a flood? And so we see when man reverts to human reasoning, there is always going to be reason to not believe, right? And science is always going to give you an alternative explanation for all the signs happening in the world today. They'll call it global warming or they'll give some other explanation to why things are happening according to the Bible. But they will never give credit to the word of God. And we can see that the Bible predicted this in the book of 2 Peter It says, knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts, saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willfully forget, that by the word of God the heavens 
were of old, and the earth standing out of water and in water, by which the world that then existed perished, being flooded with water. But the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. And so there's this idea out there today that there's going to be this grand revival. There's going to be a conversion of the world before the second coming of Jesus. Friends, don't believe that. There is nothing in the Bible to support the idea that everyone is going to be saved or somehow the church is going to evangelize the whole world and everyone's going to become a Christian. That is not going to happen. The Bible says very plainly that the majority of people are going to reject truth just as they have rejected truth throughout history. And just like the floods came and overtook the whole planet in Noah's time, the Bible says that the earth in the last days is going to be destroyed by fire. And so the only way of escape isn't a boat, isn't an ark. It's to be rescued from this earth, from this planet. Christ has to come and take his children away from this place because everything here is going to burn up in the end. And so we can't make the same mistake that antediluvians did, right? They thought they had another day. They looked around and they couldn't see any reason to believe that Noah's message could actually be true when they looked at nature. But God has given us so much more today to see. He's given us signs in the natural world. He's given us signs in the political world. He's given us signs in the religious world. He's given us signs in the moral world. The fabric of our society is falling apart. The fabric of our world is crumbling. And so God is giving us even more evidence today than he gave to those antediluvians. And so, just as Noah preached to them a message that may have been their last chance, God says to us in the book of 2 Corinthians, We then, as workers together with him, also plead with you to not receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, In an acceptable time I have heard you, in the day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation salvation. Wow, what a beautiful passage for you and I today. Today is the day of salvation, my friend. You know, God has been working on your heart for a long time now, hasn't he? He's been pointing out to you the things in your life that are holding you back from getting into the ark, the things in your life that are holding you back from a full commitment to Jesus Christ. And today is the day to look deep inside and say, I don't want any of that in me anymore. God, I am ready for a full and complete restoration of my heart and soul. Lord, come and live inside of me. Create in me a new heart. Renew a steadfast spirit within me and lead me on the way of everlasting. God will do a work in you if you let him. Just as God brought Noah and his sons into the ark and protected them through the storm that eventually came, 
God will do the same for you if you will just trust Him today and open your heart to Him and walk into the salvation that He has prepared for you. And why is this important? Because if you go back to the story of Noah, you remember that when they got into the ark, the door shut, but the rains did not come for seven days. And so the wicked were on the outside and the righteous on the inside. They didn't know that their end had come until it started to rain. And at that point, it was too late. At that point, there was nothing they could do. The door had been shut for seven days. And so we call this the investigative judgment. The judgment concludes before the execution of the judgment on the wicked, right? And when Jesus comes, everybody's case is going to be decided. The righteous have already been sealed, and the wicked have all received the mark of the beast. And so this takes place before Jesus comes We don't know for sure what the day or the hour when this door will shut. So why not take advantage of the opportunity we have while we have it? We know for sure that it hasn't shut yet because God's spirit is still moving on this earth. And we know that the Bible tells us in Revelation chapter 7 verse 3, Do not harm the earth, the sea, or the trees until we have sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads. And so God is still holding back the winds of strife, the winds of destruction on this earth because he cares about all those who still have not been sealed, those who still have not been saved. Jesus is inviting you to walk through the door of salvation. He said in John chapter 10, verse 9, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. You see, my friend, the devil is going to try to convince you that there is another way for you to be saved besides going through Jesus. But Jesus is the only door. Just like the ark only had one door, so salvation only has one door, and that door is Christ Jesus. Jesus is the way. He's the only way, and his hand is outstretched for you today to receive you into his life so that you can rest and live that abundant life that he has promised for you. Not just in this life, but eternally forever with him in the next. Well, maybe you have a question about what we have covered today. Let me just remind you that you can reach out to me at Travis at I'd love to receive an email from you or a suggestion or a comment about something that we can cover in the future. All right, well, thanks for listening to another episode of Adventology. Be ready for Jesus. Speak life, live love, and until next time, Aranatha. We gotta stay awake because nobody knows a day or time. No, the trumpet's gonna blow and the skies are gonna open.
Jesus is coming back, Jesus is coming back.